This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We are in full swing, headed towards Chicago's mayoral runoff between former CPS CEO Paul Vallis and Cook County Commissioner Brandon Johnson. Now, as expected, there will be a lot of jabs taken by each candidate at the other's track record, credibility, and overall ability to lead this city. This is the truth about Paul Vallis. He has literally failed everywhere he has gone. In fact, Paul Vallis is the author of the tale of two cities. That was runoff candidate Brandon Johnson. Paul Vallis assured his supporters that he would be mayor of all of Chicago. My pledge to you is that I'm running for mayor to be the mayor of all Chicago. When people tell me that this used to be the city that works and it doesn't work anymore, I'll tell you, this city has never really been the city that works for everyone. But it will be when I am mayor. Since education is a major issue in the runoff and both candidates have significant ties to education, we're going to take a deep dive into their backgrounds. Tomorrow, we plan on looking into Johnson's record. But today, we dig into Vallis' tenure as a longtime school's chief. Joining us now to discuss Vallis' time leading Philadelphia schools is Dale Mesacapa, senior reporter for Chalkbeat Philadelphia. Hi, Dale. Welcome to Reset. Hi. Thanks for having me. So Vallis was the first CEO of Chicago Public Schools from 1995 to 2001. He then moved on to lead the Philadelphia School District in 2002. Both school districts, they're one of the largest in the U.S. Can you just help us understand the unique challenges when someone leads a school district of that size? Well, yes. I mean, as you know, urban education in the United States is a huge issue that um, stems from the fact that, for the most part, city schools have children in them that have vast needs, and yet the way they're funded means that they don't really have as much money as some wealthier schools that they can um, used to educate those children, and it has problems like, you know, teacher turnover, there's old school buildings. I just came from a story today where a a whole entire high school had to be relocated because of asbestos. Um, You know, so uh, it has concentrated poverty among its students, um, burnout among teachers, so... uh, Leading a big city school district is probably the hardest job in the country. Yeah. Well, you closely covered Vallis's time in that role, and you characterized it as the Vallis effect. Can you explain? Well, yes. Yeah, so when Vallis came, he, um, you know, he's the type of person who likes to do everything. I think I, I mentioned it in a story uh, I wrote. He likes to do it. Uh, Big. He likes to make big change. He likes to do it fast, and he likes to do it all at once. So he is somebody who considers himself a change agent and a problem solver. Um, I heard the intro in which his opponent said, you know, he failed at every job that he's had. I, I wouldn't say he failed in Philadelphia at all, um, given the challenges he faced. Um, but, you know, unclear, you know, what does it mean to succeed when you're running a big city school district? And when he was here, um, you know, he built new schools, uh, which had not been done. Uh, He led the district when it was taken over by the state. And that happened in 2001 Mm -hmm. um, because there was a, you know, fiscal crisis and academic crisis. And the prior superintendent had clashed with the Republican governor 
and there was a big move toward privatization. And Vallis came in, and, um, you know, he had to face all those challenges. And, you know, he dealt with, he created, you know, charter schools were created, privatization came during his tenure. Um, there was also uh, private companies managing schools that were still in the district. So there was huge um, change going on when he came, mm-hmm. and he was all over the place in trying, you know, every strategy there could be. And the big rap against him, if it could be called that, was the fact that, you know, he did so many things. You know, when there was improvement, you really didn't know what it was that was working well. Mm. I'm still stuck on your quote of his motto, do things big, do them fast, and do them all at once. What did that actually look well, like? I don't know whether it would be his motto. I think <laughs> that's how I characterize well, one of the stories. Well, what I'm interested in is what that looks like. What did that look like for Philadelphia schools? Well, you know, when he came, there were something like 32 high schools, and now there's, you know, 60, more than 60 high schools. Uh, the high schools are mostly neighborhood schools with some special admission schools, um, but he created a whole, and, and some vocational schools, but he created more high schools that have smaller population. Um, he moved the school district to an entirely new headquarters. It had been in an um, old uh, Art Deco-era building, and he just unilaterally um, moved the district, to, you know, spent millions and millions to move the administration into a different building, a newer building. Um, where it still is, but it was a time when, you know, the, there was a big movement to downsize central office, so that building uh, was actually, you know, never completely utilized, and it's still kind of cavernous and, mm-hmm. and um, uh, half empty. So, you know, he made that physical change. It was kind of like an exemplar of, of um, you know, a, a monument to his uh, tenure here. But he also built some new schools. He built a school called School of the Future that uh, is pretty amazing. Microsoft helped to design it. Uh, it's in one of the poorest neighborhoods of the city. Um, so, you know, he expanded preschool. Um, so, uh, yeah. you know, and, and so that was pretty much, you can, there are tangible results in right. the tenure here. And as I said, there were some test score increases and things like that, but mostly at the elementary level, and you know, the dropout rate didn't move very much. Right. But, yeah. you know, you knew that, um, you know, there wasn't, it's almost like there wasn't anything he wasn't willing to try if he thought, and I think he's fairly sincere when he says this, you know, helping kids. You know, he prioritized um, helping kids over, um, you know, the fiscal constraints that this school district and, mo- and most urban districts have. And what ultimately led to his, demise after five years of him leaving was the idea that you know, they, there was a, a shortfall opened up in the, in the district budget. Mm-hmm. And the managers of the school district, which, which, who I, which I mentioned was under state control, so it was a school reform commission, I see. Um, they kind of lost patience with him. And, um, so some of, the and poli- some of the positives you mentioned there during Vallis's leadership, so elementary grade proficiency in, in reading and math went up considerably. Uh, enrollment increase, uh, recruitment and retention of teachers, that improved. You wrote about Vallis also at the time being quite active when it came to how he interacted with the parents and the teachers and students. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, well, he uh, he was always out and about. He was rarely in his office. 
Um, and at school board meetings, for instance, you know, there's, a, you know, the public can speak, and they have their three minutes. And usually, and this still happens today, there's the, the district is back under a board of ed. Um, uh, you know, they speak, and rarely will someone, you know, the superintendent or a board member react to whatever the person is saying. Vallis would basically uh, respond to that person, sometimes go out of the room with the person uh, while the meeting was still going on to deal with his problems. Um, he would go to schools in the morning uh, as kids were arriving and talk to them and parents. He would go to neighborhood meetings at night. And he always carried this notebook around, and he would jot things down in the notebook, and then he would rip out the page and give it to uh, an aide um, so that that person could deal with the problem that the, per that the um, parent uh, or sometimes teacher had brought up. Mm -hmm. He was definitely a hands-on person. I see. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Mayoral runoff candidate Paul Vallis is known by many for his time as CEO of Chicago Public Schools. But what about his time leading schools in other major cities? That's what we're discussing now. It's his uh, track record in Philadelphia with Dale Mezzacapa, who's senior reporter for Chalkbeat Philadelphia. So, Dale, a, a major problem area that you identified during Vallis's time in Philly, it's this big defi deficit that he left behind and all that came with his you know, quote-unquote, go-for-broke mentality. Can you fill us in? Yeah, I mean, people here were confident in his fiscal um, acumen because he had prior, before that, he had that was his area. And yet um, he could stretch a dollar. I mean, he would uh, spend the money and urge and say that he had everything under control. And that turned out not to be the case. Um, there was another quote in, um, from a former per a person who worked under him, who was a veteran of the school district and had worked under other su superintendents, um, who said, you know, his finance team was telling him that he was spending too much, but he, ke he kept saying, you know, stretch the, stretch the dollar, be more creative. Um, and... You know, but he was so enthusiastic about it that the same person said, you know, maybe for they thought, well, maybe they were the ones who who were stuck in the mud, as he put it, uh, this person, so that he was just insistent mm -hmm. that, you know, kids need this and, and this is a good strategy and it's working elsewhere. And he said, you know, there's no magic bullet, which he's correct about. In transforming or changing or, or uh, an urban school district, you need a cocktail. You need multiple strategies. And, you know, and that's how he pursued things. Dale, um, so we're clear. How, mu how, yet, much, how much was the deficit that he left behind? It was, well, it was a, a the, the school district in Philadelphia cannot actually have a deficit. It's true. But they can have a budget shortfall, in which case it says, you know, we have to cut things because this is how much. If we wanted to continue everything we did that this year, next year, this is how much more it would cost us. It was at the time, which was 2007, $73 million, which okay. is a, a lot of money, but, you know, by today's standards and the size of big city school districts isn't that much, but it was a lot. And, you know, he, um, uh, you know, he was basically the, the same people who had hired him, the school reform commission members who, who basically had been appointed by a Republican governor, um, decided that, um, they'd had it with him, that he wasn't um, able to, uh, you know, that he had, you know, not 
done what they wanted him to do, which was to run the district and improve things and yeah. not spend too much money, which is a pretty tall order right. uh, when you're trying to improve schools right. uh, in some of the most difficult areas in the country. Interesting. Well, let's fast forward in the interest of time to today. As we heard at the top of the segment, Paul Vallis, he's, he's been assuring everyone here that uh, he will be mayor for all of Chicago. So from your time covering him, what do you make of this for Chicago? You mean when he says all of Chicago? Well, um, he, uh, you know, he, I guess, privatization, charter schools. I'm not sure how people in Chicago view, in Chicago view them, but in Philadelphia, the, the supporters of urban education are basically, or the supporters of the Philadelphia school district think that charter schools have not fulfilled their promise. But, and, and, but the school reform commission that hired him wanted charter schools, and he was fine about that, diverse provider model. But he did hold them to account. So he did make them, um, you know, he did make them be accountable to improving scores and so on, and he didn't give them all the extra money that the School Reform Commission wanted to give the privatized schools. And, and, and back then, it wasn't just charter schools. They wanted Edison schools, if you remember them. It was a private uh, school. Uh, Chris Whittle had run, and he was going to manage schools, and they wanted to take over the entire district yeah. and run these schools. And he basically, he did um, pare that back. He didn't allow that to happen completely, but he took the money that some of the money that was supposed to go to these private managers, and so he was a supporter of the diverse provider model. Yes, um, and tried to reconcile that with his top-down uh, approach to management. So, um, what what do you say we can take away from Vallis's leadership in, in Philadelphia, and maybe apply toward a potential mayorship? Like, how could you see the Vallis effect playing out here in Chicago? Well, I mean, he's going to want to do things. Um, he's going to want to. Uh, he's going to start a lot of new initiatives. Um, he's going to uh, say that he wants. Um, you need multiple strategies to make improvements. Um, the idea that you know he was the more I, I gather he's a more conservative candidate, uh, and he had at one point talked. To, a lot of people here thought he was Republican as opposed to Democratic. Um, but I think on some level he's sincere about improving conditions for everyone, you know, for, and he, uh, he didn't get into that, you know, racial game here mm -hmm. in many ways. Um, but I think his intentions are sincere. I, I, he, he will do what he thinks he needs to do to get what he wants, right. but I don't think, I think he truly believes on some level, like philosophically, you couldn't really discuss a whole lot of things with him, but. I think that he sincerely wants to help all people in the city, um, but how he will react to the peculiarities of politics in Chicago, you would know better than I. Right, right. But um, I don't think And it that remains to be seen. You know, his, yeah, his motivation isn't, you know, to set people against each other or anything like that. Well, we'll leave it there. Dale Mezzacapa is with uh, Chalkbeat Philadelphia. Thank you so much for that insight, Dale. All right. Well, I hope I was helpful. Thanks for having me.